Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Everybody's volume down because it is time for a comic book nation. Your only show that covers all things geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. Today we are back in the studio with my co-host, Janelle Wheeler. Hello, hello. And Matthew Aguilar. What up? And today, guys, we have some fun things to talk about as we kind of hop, skip, and jump across the culture. Uh, Starting right up the top with She-Hulk. So... She-Hulk has arrived, people. It is back to Marvel Disney Plus series. I thought it was coming next week. I I had like this, I mean, time has just gotten so skewed for me that I I thought it was next week. And uh, I was getting kind of uh, chewed out for thinking that we could ever go so long without Marvel content (laughs) on the screen, which is foolish. And, you know, I admit that that that, that, that's pretty foolish on my part. So that's all all good. But um, yes, we are in the era of She-Hulking. First review, or first reviews, first episode is out, and, uh, you know, we've all seen it. Uh, I don't think any of us are kind of secretive about the fact that we generally kind of enjoy the show, so I thought we kind of get into a more pointed segment, which is, has She-Hulk lived up to the hype, or, I put in, the hate? As you know, this, uh, this got review bombed going into it. Again, we're with the review bombing. So let's just talk about that for a minute, actually. Explain, please. So review bombing, it happens almost exclusively on IMDb. Is before okay. a show comes out, a bunch of people make a concerted troll effort to go in and kind of slam a show and rate it lowly and kind of create a negative impression of said show. Now, we're on like, in the last year over year, we're on like the fourth I think, no, like I can make this shorter. Every Marvel property has gotten review bombed except Spider-Man, No Way Home, and Doctor Strange, Multiverse of Madness. Wow. All the rest of them got review bombed. Eternals, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, and now She-Hulk all Loki. got review bombed. Uh, not Loki, I'm just talking from like Wanda, year over year. okay, yeah. wow. Um, strangely not what if, but uh, you know. <laughs> The one that should have. Yeah. I liked it. The one that should have gotten a review bomb did not. And basically, um, you know, it's never firmly provable. Like nothing is ever firmly real anymore. But mm-hmm. it's always kind of like sociopolitical motivated. People don't like some aspect of the show. Um, Moon Knight and Miss Marvel, of course, featured characters from like North African or Middle Eastern cultures. Eternals had an LGBTQ plus kind of storyline and that made people say, oh, this is just Marvel kind mm-hmm. of doing woke stuff. It's all part of this. Oh, Marvel's going woke in phase four post endgame. It sucks. It's all this. And She-Hulk, of course, you know, makes the crime of, you know, having those two X chromosomes and being a woman. So <laughs> it's kind of gotten the accusation like Hulk has gone girl. But people also try to say, oh, the series just looks bad. My whole thing about this is I don't know why this is allowed to continue. I get it, IMDb, it helps hype up your site and your user mm-hmm. ratings. And as somebody who works in a place who's gone down the dark path of having to seek those user ratings before you remember those days. Oh yeah. Yeah, <laughs> user ratings, yeah, we've been down that path. I, I get it, you wanna get attention to your site yeah. and do all that, but like, it seems like at this point, it's almost like aggressive to keep letting that happen because you're letting people rate a show that's not out, out yet, yeah. which is the weirdest thing. So how does, so like Rotten Tomatoes does does that, right? So like they, they keep it to where like you can't, like unless you were a, like a critic or something yeah. like that approved, right. you can't grade something Before. that is not out, out yet. yet. Yeah. And then yes. even that is separated between like a critic score and then an yeah. audience score. 
now, but they even get bombed, yeah. right? Once once it hits public, I, is there anything you can really do about no, that? No, once it's know, public, right? you can't, and it's hard to separate it because all people have to do is say, it's not because she's a woman, it's because I don't like the comedy. I don't like right. the CGI. Right. They can just always wrap it in another thing. Of course thing. they can. But when a bunch of people come out at like three in the morning right. dropping one-star reviews, you kind of get the message. Yeah, you know? absolutely. Yeah, um, it's easy to see from a But it's a kind of perfect level. reflection of how crazy our society is in general because what happens is you get these user ratings, right? And the negative ones. And so a bunch of people come out who also haven't seen the show, but are just defending it because <laughs> right, they want not to like let somebody crap all over She-Hulk. Yeah. And so they just start five-starring it. And it's like, I get it. That's the nice effort. But on the end of thing, like when you step back, nobody. You have no yeah. accurate yeah. representation right. of, of what show. this yeah. show yeah. actually is. You just have another yeah. sociopolitical yeah. kind of extreme divide <sighs> fight that just is now playing out over review scores. So why this is still continuing, you know, maybe is a question for that other company because yeah. it seems like you're just doing this for the benefit of getting attention to your sites and for the hype. I mean, yep. I wrote up this article about this yesterday and, you know, it always does well for us. So it's at least doing its job of pushing people that way. But mm -hmm. so let's talk about how we feel compared to all this noise <laughs> going on. Um, five star about she. Yeah. Five star. One star. <laughs> one star. Five star. Five star. One star. One star. Five star. One star. Okay, no, but in all seriousness, um, yeah, I, I mean, I gotta say, for me, uh, I, I mean, uh, we're joking, but now I do have to justify my own five star thing. I think She Hawk is very enjoyable. I think the first episode I've seen for the first four. So let's just be clear, because I got to be mm. careful about what I say and don't say. Um, I've seen the first four, and just my general impression of the show is. This is a great, it, it is everything that I would expect it to be, knowing about She-Hulk comics. Uh, it's a very good representation of the comics. Everything from the meta fourth wall breaking to the kind of in the Marvel Universe, but also making fun of the Marvel Universe kind of position yeah. that She-Hulk takes, mm -hmm. um, which is great. And I think one of the best things that made me recommend this to like my, my wife was like, I think you might like this because... It's Marvel, but every time it's like Marvel silly, you have a character who's a girl who's just like, yeah, this is Marvel silly. Like, this is nuts. Um, and it's funny. And Tatiana Maslany is, you know, a boss. <laughs> that scene gets me. <laughs> and she just makes this character and grounded. And things aren't perfect. Some of the CGI, especially like the interior when She-Hulk, in this first episode, when it's two Hulks in a green jungle, looks great. But when it's like She-Hulk in a courtroom with normal humans, yeah, yeah it still kind of looks kind of cartoony. But this is a show about a seven foot green skinned woman like at a certain point i think i was making this off camera like you just got to say f it and let it go like mm -hmm. there how real can we make that like i don't know how real can you ever make hulk i don't yeah. know at a certain <laughs> i never forget that i'm looking at oh, that something that's distinctly not real but i still <laughs> love it as a character anyway agreed um and she hulk is already there and i know as time goes on and they get all the computer models loaded up and people actually have time to work on them they can just press the download model three button and we'll get over <laughs> this whole thing but yeah. uh, that doesn't stop me i love it and i think after four episodes i think it's the first marvel true weekly tv sitcom that they can do for years to come and move so many things in the mcu through this show and make it week to week just a like must-see viewing, not because it's one big movie or a saga, but just because every week it's awesome characters, funny stories, and yeah. all that. Mm -hmm. And yes, I'm sorry, Jen, cameos too, because uh, some of the cameos really do rock. But uh, yeah. yeah. So I'm good with it, and I think She-Hulk is deserving of all the hype it is, and even more so, this should bring more hype to the comics, because it is a reflection of what the comics have been doing for years in a somewhat underappreciated way, so I don't know. Yeah, the tone feels totally... I've only read, I think it's two that we've done, mm -hmm. She-Hulk comics. Yeah, from the newer... And yeah. it, it feels so beautifully aligned. Like, I, I literally felt like I was, you know, watching the comic book, which is really cool uh, to feel. And, you know, as a woman, I think it's hilarious. I don't think she's, like, over the top, like, I'm a woman, but I've only seen the first episode. But I, I feel like sometimes we compensate. Sometimes we go too hard. Like, she's a woman, and she has to deal with this you know, trouble with men all the time. Like, I hope, I've seen some people saying that it's like a man-hate show. I hope it's not that. Like, from the first episode, I didn't feel that. Her best friend is her cousin, who's a man, and they're hilarious together. So I'm hoping that it doesn't get too much, like, <laughs> she's a woman. I don't, I know she's a woman. Like, 
Let's right. just <laughs> move forward and like get a good storyline. Let's watch this develop. Let's make funny jokes. Let's have a good time. And that's what I had a great time watching. I can this. only speak for myself, but I can say that I don't think that's a worry. I think there's mm -hmm. a dis at least I know there's a distinct difference between a show that's about female empowerment versus man hate. And I don't think one good. takes the other. Like you can celebrate just everything about being a woman and being who you are and independent totally. and strong without saying it in reference to because I know. I'm it's like weird right, that you're saying that I'm seeing men. that online. I was so very, I don't like, know if everybody back. can separate that out, but yeah. no, there are you know there are both good and male character, bad male characters exactly. right in the show. That's great. Yeah. That's like one of the first tweets I saw, and it's kind of weird to say because I think if there's any criticism of the show in first four episodes, it's like that conflict itself is not like the biggest part of this. Isn't so it's the not, biggest villain that her villain is a woman? Yeah, but it's not yeah. even like. Jen fighting and being in conflicts and beating up somebody and winning yeah. every episode is not how this show kind mm. of plays out. It is very much, and I think it's clear from the first episode that this entire first arc is about her even having to accept the responsibility of being a superhero. That's the opening monologue Love to the it. show is some yeah. kind of Spider-Man-esque, like what do you do with power when yeah. you have it? And I think this is gonna be about her figuring that out. So I don't think, I don't know how much you can man-hate because I don't think there's like a whole man beat up thing like right. component to this it's more about jen just figuring out how to kind of balance these new circumstances of her life i yeah. also loved all the references to tony like it really got me in my feels there were so many like moments of missing him and it like resonated with me because i feel like it's been a little while since we've touched on those things because of like wandavision and you know moon night and i haven't really like mourned our crew in a long time. So it's really nice to see that. I liked that part. You know, it's funny you say that because I think, I, I actually really enjoyed that. I'm, I'm not um, one that's like overly, you know, like, oh, I miss the crew. I miss the original team. Like mm -hmm. I'm, I'm good with putting, bringing new characters in. I'm good with keeping that fresh, right? Mm -hmm. And also, cause I like a lot of those new generation of heroes. But this was the first time, I, I thought it was a little, much in Far From Home, it was kind of like, you know, like it's in your face. Yeah. It's like, oh, the the mural of Tony and yeah. the thing, like, okay, all right. <laughs> and to, also to me, like that was a very, in the grand scheme of things, that was a very new relationship, like a new friendship between Tony and Peter. This is is different. So when, and it's also just far more subtle. So mm -hmm. when, Bruce says that of like, oh, like we were supposed to, and it, it's just quiet. They let it be quiet for a minute and, and they don't, and for a lack of a better term, they don't MCU it. They give it a second to breathe mm -hmm. and then you feel that. And I, I felt it. And also it's just like, oh, Bruce and Tony, yes, there was a genuine friendship there for a long time in the scheme of the MCU. Obviously, yeah. That quote spoke to me. Like, cheers to having to a good time. Yeah, you were tweeting really about that. I was like, time. I was like, are oh, you right? That like spoke to me with like COVID times and like loss of family members. I was like, yeah, you know what? I relate to that. Yeah, yeah. Everybody I else like, is clinging to the sexual. Content. I erased my DM and was just like, because uh, I was like, are you okay? You <laughs> that was right? a great. That's a great moment. Also, yeah. I will say, I love. Look, Smart Hulk. Th this Hulk is my favorite Hulk. Me too. I don't like, and so like when he starts out, ironically, when he starts out as like Bruce, Bruce. Um, you know, there's like I was like, oh, like I know we, I knew from the trailers and stuff, we get him here. I was just, it was nice to see it was wrapped up so quickly, and then he was he was back to this because it's my favorite version of this character. Me too. And them interacting and all the fun little, you know, I don't have to stress about that. I'm I like, and he keeps being surprised. And I just love that. <laughs> the whole add it to the binder thing. Oh, I got to add it to the binder. I just like all those. Okay. Uh, I yeah. mean, this is essentially if Marvel and Boston legal made a show, this is what this is. And I love that because that is what a lot of the comics, not all the comics runs, obviously. Yeah. Um, a lot of the like newer Avengers stuff isn't that. It's very much leaning into the hopeness of it. But the ones I love, the She-Hulk eras I like are this. And it's just, they. I think you said it beautifully, they capture the comic and the feel and the vibe brilliantly. I think it's just fun. Um, I, this is also took what Kofi said, Anissa has been looking forward to this since she saw the first teaser. She's just been like, oh, that looks fun. And I think this is going to actually capture a wide audience. And I think it's gonna be great. I did, I watched, I rewatched it with my four-year-old son who was, 
initially, because mostly for his, get him on the right path, he was like, he saw a girl Hulk and he was just frowning at it. And I was mm -hmm. like, okay. And I just started yeah, yeah. it. And then like slowly but surely, he just kept creeping over closer, <laughs> creeping over closer, sitting down. And then by the end, he was just like, oh, sure, she Hulk the best. He was like Aww. all psyched. So he's all in. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's all in. But I, mean, it, it, I think it's going to have a couple things this week. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think it's going to have that wide appeal. And also, too, as we get into other characters and things down the road, the trailer hints at all that stuff. Um, I wouldn't say it's like my fate. I mean, I, I didn't come away from the episode and go, that's my favorite MCU show. To me, like... A couple others might still be above it, but I'm also going to let the like with all those. I will take it on a full once the full complete run is out, then judge it. Uh, these Disney Plus shows tend to do that a lot as far as like they tend to get better as, as they go on. And by five and six, you really have a much different picture of what the series is actually about mm -hmm. compared to what you have when it starts. So I'm going to give this that as well. But from first appearances. Yeah. It's a win. So wait, That's you've a only win. seen so the fun. one episode I've only seen two. the one. Oh, good. We're in the I haven't same seen, boat. I haven't okay. seen the other episodes. Um, I've seen four, and I will say it is my favorite MCU show. It's wow. awesome. Wow. Yeah. Kofi. Um, just because it's just, it's entertaining. Well, don't tell I me mean, just that's just me saying that you guys will see how you guys feel. Yeah, in it's going to it's gonna be hard for some of the top Miss Marvel yeah. for a minute. It's just going to be hard. Like, I, I already know the bar is absurdly high for me. So that's no denigration on the on any other project that comes. Mm -hmm. That's just a very high bar for me to top. Yeah. Also, I adored Hawkeye. So those are just two very hey, moon yeah, I, mean, as well. I see somebody in the comments mourning like Ragnarok Hulk. Don't don't get too sad on Ragnarok Hulk. Let's talk about some of the finer points of this episode real quick. Like. Yeah, that there's a lot. This this show does a good job of kind of deftly packing in a lot of important things that don't then without making them feel important. But yeah, there is that origin scene, the flashback, mm -hmm. and how She-Hulk got in that situation is kind of curious. Yeah, because there is that spaceship when that was a big spinout from people mm -hmm. being like, "What's the deal with that spaceship?" Yeah, and it's like, <laughs> yeah, that looks like a Sakarian spaceship, right? Yep. And so yeah, we might not be done with all the Ragnarok. Hulk fall out yet, so Very true. everybody chill. That. Yeah. yeah. There's a lot going on there. But um High hopes. let's see, uh anything we gotta say about She-Hulk. Uh did you guys like this? Okay, so you both are cool with where Ruffalo's Hulk is. You guys are oh, yeah. Hulk. 100%. Love it. Yeah, I think this episode did a lot to kind of sell Smart Hulk as mm -hmm. a better character because we only got that little time in Endgame, and then he's just been kind of in the peripherals yeah. and in like Shang-Chi and all that. <laughs> but um yeah this this was a good thing and yeah i mean there's even a bra he throws in there at yeah. that point. <laughs> he's, he's so like good a, and uh this was good for ruffalo because yeah him being more of a comedic kind of hulk actually does work he's actually like a really funny guy is like really funny timing mm -hmm. and like you said um if somebody grew up with like female cousins the dynamic between him and jen is yeah. just hilarious like <laughs> A way they can kind of like bicker and disagree. You know, so when the hangover happens and he's like, oh, I got to add that to the binder. Oh, sorry, buddy. You know, it's just very like, that's a very f like family. That's how you interact with family. Yeah. And my son made me pause it and like explain everything when she, when he pushes her off the cliff. Yeah. And he comes up, <laughs> yeah. He's like a little punk. And he's like, what? Why do you do that? Like, what did that? I was like, she holds fine. Okay. Yeah. That's how families mess around. I mean, look, when he gets on, when he, when he gets on the car and uh, he gets sent over to the rocks and like they have that back and forth and he's like, what, you're just going to say all those mean things and drive away? Like that's just a very like family or, or very close friend way of interacting. Like you're going to say all those mean things to me and then oh leave and suck. You know, it's that. And it just, it captured that beautifully. So um, I, you know, I'm very excited to see more of her in the courtroom in this kind of post first episode space. Mm -hmm. I am excited for that, but I loved all this. I thought it was so fun. Like Ruffo did yeah. such a great job. Responding to some comments on the YouTube page. Emma, awesome. you won't be disappointed. You will not be disappointed at all. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a good one. And also, yes, let's talk about that post credit scene. So. <laughs> Before the show, we were talking. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> we're talking. Janelle Wheeler was, uh, whose impending nuptials are coming up yeah. soon. Yeah. Talking about, uh, about her, you know, fiance Max and saying how, how much he reminds you of Captain America, which is a timely reference. So let's talk about that post credit scene that we knew was going to set the oh, internet gosh. on fire. We here at the Ch comic book offices have been chomping at the bit to uh, get to this moment. Because we answered an important question in She-Hulk's post-credit scene. Did Captain America get some? 
<laughs> and what we found out is, boy, that USO tour was as wild as we thought. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, Captain America. Now people are just clapped in America is now a popular <laughs> adage that's going around even in our, co in our comments. Um, yeah. Well, my favorite thing about this, though, I don't know if you guys have seen, is the actress who plays... Um, Star-Lord's mother, I think her name is Laura Haddock in Guardians of the Galaxy 1 and 2. Mm -hmm. She was, that was her, that was her second Marvel Cinematic Universe role. Her first was as a thirsty USO yes. tour fan in Captain America, the first <laughs> Avenger. Uh -huh. So people have instantly dug yeah, this up. made that connection. And made that connection and be like, Captain America? Star-Lord's grandma? Like, is Star-Lord... <laughs> Is he like Scar Lord's granddad, which would be kind of funny um, yeah. and explain a lot. So, you yeah. know, a super soldier serum, boy, it hits different. Uh, but yeah, that's good. Oh, Marvel bit casting. You think it's all good when you just and put somebody in like, nobody remembers that. it's all that. connected. It's it comes all back to bite All these years Captain later. America connecting it to it all, apparently. It's so, so uh, yeah, don't tell Peggy. Oh, don't tell Peggy. Also, Chris Evans likes the show, so I think yeah. uh, it, mm -hmm. it, it gets his full support. Yeah, he, I think, he, it, I uh, think in a way he's supporting that. He's he's, he's filling the narrative. I think well, he good. just wants to let it know that Chris Evans f's. Yeah, stop it. <laughs> no, I'm sorry. We knew that. We knew that from stop the first question. <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say when was that ever a question? <laughs> <laughs> All right, I think we're turning into a different kind of show. Uh, oh boy, yeah, so good. Oh, are we, we've been on for longer than 11 Twitch. You're killing me. We've been here for longer than 11 minutes, correct? Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah, okay. Twitch is having problems. Yeah, 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 Twitch is still having problems? Yeah, yeah. Oh, man. Just, I always look at that. <laughs> yep, <ahead>. that's a... <laughs> okay, there we go. But, uh, all right. That's a good place. Anybody have any wrap-up on uh, She-Hulk? No. you guys no. want to... it's just great. Say? It's good, man. Love it. Yeah. Can't wait for episode two. Oh, I thought, like, this is... It, it's funny. I like that they released this back-to-back -back with Miss Marvel because... Mm -hmm. It's kind of a funny thematic connection these two have in being like diametrically opposed. Like Kamala Khan is this girl who very much wants to be a superhero. Yeah. Is like the fangirl mm -hmm. of Marvel. And that's what makes her fun is like her knowledge of Marvel Universe yeah. and lore and being able to reference all that. Whereas Jennifer Walters is like the complete opposite. Yeah. Is somebody who has all this power is like, I want nothing to do with this. Mm -hmm. And kind of they reference Marvel Lore in a different way. But um, yeah, it's kind of nice to have these two back to back. Uh, these two. And I can't wait to see them together. That's going so to be so nice to be like, see She-Hawk being like so sarcastic and like over while Kamala's like, this is the best day ever. <laughs> I can imagine Jen like blowing her off and being like, I'm out of here. And then Kamala and be like, that was awesome. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> okay. You know, it's funny. Those interactions are what excite me for like Avengers 5, yeah. Avengers 6, mm -hmm. you know, those kinds yeah, of things. Yeah. Cause you're, there's, you're undoubtedly, you're not going to get all of them obviously, but you're going to get some of those fun pairings and it's going to be so good. Uh, tying back to comics, we saw so many fun, we're going to talk about those later, oh, yeah, Miss yeah, Marvel yeah. interactions mm -hmm. with other heroes. It's just comedic gold. Like, it's yeah. just great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, in the, yeah, throwing Moon Knight in between these two is going to be hilarious. <laughs> it's going to be hilarious. So, all right, that's it for She-Hulk. You can read all that. We have so much She-Hulk coverage on comicbook.com. Marvel, uh, yeah, we'll be following it every week. There's also our Marvel podcast, Phase Zero, that we'll be doing live kind of wrap-up shows after each episode. Or we get, you know, the benefit of a little time to process and do mm -hmm. all the other things we got to do. But check all out, check out all our coverage on comicbook.com, Marvel, and also subscribe to our Comic Book Nation YouTube page. If you haven't, we've started throwing up some pretty good videos, Marvel and DC related, and we're going to get a lot more stuff coming. So yep. for now, we're going to take a break. And when we come back, we're going to do a new kind of segment where we're going to be doing a little bit of a debate between... Two big shows, one of which just recently ended, and we have a new segment called Quick Shot Content. We, we are going to share with you guys Love in just that. some quick breakdown fashion about things we've experienced because we've decided in Had Meetings we cover so much as the only show covering all things geek culture, but it's so hard to filter it all into a show yeah. for you guys. So we got to speed some of this up and just give you guys some pro tips on things we know we're watching and experiencing <coughs> and want to put you onto. So we're going to try that out, all of that, when we come back. Comic Book Nation, stay with us. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. 
That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. I gotta tell you, I miss hearing our music in studio. I know, yeah. That music gets me hyped. We should do. We need a live band. We just have a whole. Or I need to learn how to beatbox so that we can get that. Yeah. All right. So, welcome back to Comic Book Nation, the one show where it does all things geek culture. We're back. We just wrapped up our She Hulk. Talk, She-Hulk talk. Okay, say that three times fast. <laughs> but uh, we are going to get into a new format segment where we do some one-on-one uh, -on -one debate. And to help us with at that today, we brought on one of our most pro prolific and knowledgeable comicbook.com writers. Mr. Spencer Perry is Yay! with us. Hey, how's it going? Yes. Spencer, hey. Spencer. Uh, Spencer is a kind of, uh, like myself, is a jack of all trades. He kind of, <laughs> he's perfect for this kind of show because you do so much of geek culture, at least the things you don't hate. I know that, but. Uh, <laughs> I mean, just look behind me. It's, it's all a matter of uh, different uh, elements of the things we all like, so. Yeah, and today I thought you'd be perfect to kind of come on and help me Breakdown, and because we were the only two responsible, two of the only responsible people watching some of the best TV out right now <laughs> on the comic book staff, uh, Better Call Saul wrapped this week. And um, yeah, that was a big deal. I was actually half passed out. I was super duper tired from, you know, just trying to get through life this week and was half passed out. And I was like, you know what? I'm just going to, I'm literally closing my eyes, but I'm going to start this. I'll watch like the first 10 minutes to see like where, <laughs> what goes on and then I'll watch the rest tomorrow. Yeah, I ended up being at like sitting upright at the edge of my seat and was just staring into like the screen until for the whole runtime of this. But um, once the episode ended and you know they restarted it on AMC, the cable channel, I just I just let it keep going, I, you know, and watched it again. Man, that's yeah, I miss having cable for that reason sometimes. <laughs> but yeah, I was I was super. I would have done that too, just to kind of. I might have just gone on Netflix and started the whole thing over if I had, <laughs> and I might do that too soon. But um, yeah. We're not here to sing Better Call Saul's praises. I mean, we, I assume, I mean, I know you loved it. I know I loved sure, it. Sure, yeah. Um, so the question kind of I wrote up as a feature and I just wanted to talk about is people have been pulling this chain for years now, but now it's actually official because both shows are over. Spencer, how does this show stack up against Breaking Bad? And I think I asked that question like it's simple, but it's mm -hmm. very much not a simple question because... Better Call Saul is both a prequel, interquel, and sequel to Breaking Bad and the events of one of the best to ever do all three formats, I argue. Um, but it's a very different show than Breaking Bad. And right. I think there are different elements in which both of them kind of take a lead over the other for different reasons. But before I continue droning on, Spencer, what's your take on it? You know, it's, it's the difference between um, deciding, you know, picking a 9.8 versus a 9.9 .9, and I won't say which, which is which, but like they, they are both so good. And like you said, they both do thing. They do their own things so well that it's, it's hard to like pick one over the other. But I, I, I do think that there are times where better call Saul, it had the deck was stacked against it at every point more so than breaking bad in that prequels don't work most of the time. They answer questions that we didn't want the answer to, but Better Call Saul took a different route in telling those stories, and it did it by introducing characters that we didn't know in Breaking Bad and using them to fill out uh, these, you know, narrative blocks that we didn't even know existed, you know, in that corner of the world. And to me, that's what makes Better Call Saul feel like the better show, having you know seen both and watched them both you know, multiple times is that it shouldn't have worked. No part of it should have worked, 
but it did. And they were able to find ways to expand this world and make that character, Saul Goodman, you know, even more rich and interesting by breaking him down and, you know, putting him in situations that we didn't know were going to happen. And look, I love Breaking Bad. I think, I think the highs for Breaking Bad might have been better than the highs of Better Call Saul, but Better Call Saul overcame the odds more than Breaking Bad did. I think that, yeah, that's a great point, which is that when people heard that, and I remember back when they heard that Saul, of all people, was getting a spinoff, everybody was like, what? Like, yeah, that was one of those what moments that had us just kind of like, uh, really, that guy, the, the, the TV shuckster lawyer? Yeah. And I think that's the miracle this pulls off, is it's not just like a prequel, sequel, or inequal to Breaking Bad. It actually does a, the job of what you want a prequel to do, which is not just fill in expected plot points, but completely kind of transform your understanding or point of view of the events you saw in this other story, right? And that's what Better Call Saul does. I mean, it makes it, for me, one of the best kind of franchise expansion projects ever is, yeah, you look at Breaking Bad suddenly again, and everything looks so different to you. This show makes Saul Goodman, you realize like how much of a danger that guy was. He seemed like such a comedic character in Breaking Bad, but he is a, a kind of the thing, and I don't want to spoil too much of the ending because I know a lot of people haven't seen it, but there's a monologue at the end and you realize how much of that is true. Like how much he did influence things and what his nature was into kind of pushing Walter White and this whole thing forward. Um, you also kind of come away, this show does a great job, especially in the latter seasons of like reframing people like Mike or Gus Fring or the sure, Salamancas. Yeah. And this last season, like there are things with just episodes with Gus Fring like you, <laughs> You see like sides of him that are just more than the one note kind of monster he was in Breaking Bad. And he was well, it, it makes his monster. story tragic. Yeah. You know? They they reframe Gus as a character in Better Call Saul so that when you see his storylines play out in Breaking Bad, now, you know, obviously they play a little bit into his origins in Breaking Bad, but the way that they really dig into, you know, the loneliness that he feels as a as a character it, it it and you know that that really carries through from from better call saul into breaking bad in, in a really really unique way yeah same thing for mike when you see i mean we knew mike was a complicated character in breaking bad but when you truly see and what better call do, saul does and this is what the trick to the series is that kind of holds it back for a lot of people is it is an extremely slow burn descent Sure. Yeah. Like the first seasons are legitimately Saul or Jimmy McGill trying to be a good person, but having to realize like his nature kind of, and that's the whole crux of this series is Walter White's a guy who was a good guy, but kind of got caught up in his own squandered ambitions. You know, he didn't get to be as big as he was. He finds out he's dying and then he goes kind of crazy with trying to be big after that. Saul Goodman is a guy who tried to be good, but realized, like, yeah, I am a POS to the core. Like, that's <laughs> who I am. And then he tried, you know, ultimately seeing where he goes from there after that kind of hitting that realization. And yeah, it's, it's really good how this series functions on its own as an exciting crime drama and character drama, but also, like I said, affects so much of your understanding and changes of Breaking Bad. It also makes Walter White look like kind of a real monster as compared to the. <laughs> I mean, the show, the show, Breaking Bad definitely did that to an extent, but uh, you know, uh, but but speaking of Walter, I, I, another like point you have to give to Better Call Saul is like the way that they were able to incorporate cameos okay. of characters from Breaking Bad so seamlessly and told so well. You know, if you if think back to like the way cameos are done in like. Uh, you know, Solo or Rogue One, and and they really are done just so you can point at the screen and say, "Oh, I know who that is." But in Better Call Saul, they they build, you know, Huel and uh, what are we? Are we not going to spoil anything about the finale? Um, there's, there's characters from Breaking Bad that appear in the series finale of Better Call Saul, and it's and it's built into the narrative in a satisfying way. Oh yeah, one that. Uh, just tacks on to the ending of Breaking Bad in There's, meaningful ways, as opposed to just having, you know, uh, Walter White appear just because we want Walter White to appear. Yeah, there's two scenes with, and it's not a spoiler that Walter and Jesse and Pink. Sure, and, and I was thinking of someone else. Okay, 
But um, yeah, there. Is, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. There is. There's a lot, man. There is a lot in that finale. But um, <laughs> there is one scene in the finale with Walter White and Saul that's like so masterful about kind of giving you the core themes of both series in one yeah. scene. Um, yeah, it's there, and they're talking about regrets, and that's the thing I was saying that made me like look at it and be like, oh yeah, Walter White was a guy who spazzed out because he had this massive ambition regret, whereas Saul was just always this kind of guy, and it hammers home that line like, oh, you're always like this, and hearing it from him at <laughs> the moment. It's something we heard across the series, but that's like when you realize like that's where it hammered home. But like, yeah. And there are just episodes of Saul that will haunt you even more so than Breaking Bad. Now, what I will say, because I feel like we're just praising Saul, is Breaking Bad is infinitely easier to get into and watch for most people because it is this just hit the ground running. Your back's always against the wall kind of crime thriller. So it's easy. It's more easily digestible. It's really hard to digest Saul as something exciting if you're not already committed to the universe. And I would think it's a very, I don't know if you can ever go backwards and like watch Saul first. I don't think it works like that. But um, yeah. No, because the, I mean, the first episode of Better Call Saul ends with uh, Tuca Salamanca appearing. And that means nothing yeah. if you haven't seen Breaking Bad and know who that is and how crazy he is as a character. Yep. So you, you have to watch Breaking Bad first. Yeah. But, you know, it, it helps that Breaking Bad is a roller coaster. And then Better Call Saul is the ride home where you get to decompress and you know and yeah on a character level i don't think there's any comparison better call saul is better i mean just if you hold up just kim versus like skylar white like it's clear the evolution of kind of character and kind of character building and conception that goes on between these two shows because there are a lot of one note characters that better call saul makes infinitely better like yeah (laughs) so yeah all right well, I mean, my recommendation in the end is always watch both because these are together. This and even El Camino form a, a pretty good universe that has so much interest and depth of character and in, in makes, you know, the dark side of the crime world some of the most exciting and interesting stuff you're going to see on TV. So I say watch both. And I think they're both on Netflix right now. So, you know, now's a good. I think so. The, the yeah. final season of Better Call Saul may not be there yet but no, the it, final, it yeah. should be it will be soon yeah so uh yeah better call Saul is definitely a binge a binge one you you should probably binge because yeah i'll tell you right now gus and them don't start showing up till about season three so you know get yeah. down binge it but you need those first two seasons to kind of understand where things go but um all right that'll do it for that spencer you have any final words for people um i would say uh i would be surprised if they ever did another show in this universe but uh, my pitch for if they did one would be uh, Jim Beaver's uh, arms dealer character. Oh, yeah, he's good. That, he, that's he the show around. I want to see. Yeah, he goes around to him. I would like to see him in, uh, but we lost Robert. Oh, that's right. He's died. Robert Forrester's dead. Oh, man. that's Yeah, that's, he's, he's no longer with us, sadly. But that, uh, that would also have been a great show. I would have loved to see just the whole kind of like support network for these. Yeah. <laughs> just like all of them, like Jim Beaver's character meeting and him and having like having a beer after <laughs> by behind the vacuum shop and all that. Um, yeah. All right. But, uh, thank you, Spencer, for jumping on and helping us yeah, out with this. Exactly. We're going to let you go. Cause I know you're always busy. I mean, how's that house of the dragon? You've seen that yet? I haven't seen anything of it. No, oh, I was hoping. All right. I know you do everything, but all right. Thank you, Spencer Perry. Thanks, man. Seamless transition look back to that. studio. Oh, All right, look like, look that was great. That was yeah, so we can do stuff. People can get a break. We don't have to make us stare at us walking at our shoes. It's great. <laughs> We're coming along as a show here, guys. <laughs> All right, that's Breaking Bad versus Better Call Saul. You can find my article about that on comicbook.com. On TV, Spencer also has great breakdowns from the end of Better Call Saul about Breaking Bad, Easter eggs, and a bunch of stuff that help you really kind of understand it better. So check all that out. All right, let's do some uh, our next segment, Quick Shot Content. So this is uh, where we're going to take just rapid fire some things that we've been seeing that we want to share with you guys that we may not have all the time in the world to go into. So this is breaking down by who's seen it, who's seen it, who can talk about it. And the first one is, of course, uh, all three of us. We've all seen the new Netflix Kind of hip hop themed vampire movie Day Shift starring Jamie oh, Foxx, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> starring Jamie Foxx. Right. Oh. <laughs> Man. <laughs> Matt. No one God? heard that. that no God? one heard that. <laughs> <laughs> Technical difficulties I, getting No, I turned it off so you wouldn't hear my no, click clackies. No. Right, that's all good. <laughs> so, um, Day Shift. Let's talk a new Netflix hip hop themed movie, Day Shift. Matt's very excited about this. Um, 
I'm more surprised that you're not. How are you not? I thought it was okay. I thought uh, it was good. Boo. It's, it's made by a stunt performer. I forget. I don't have his name in front of me, but he's a long time, one of the most famous stunt performers in Hollywood. Worked with like David Leach and John Wick guys and all that stuff. And um, this is his directorial debut. He called in the favors. And I think the main selling point of Day Shift is that it takes vampires and uses them and fighting them with these extreme kind of creative action scenes that are a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. And there's even like Scott Adkins in here playing this broed up vampire hunter with this other guy and they have a whole crazy sequence. They are amazing. I, yeah. I need a whole show yeah, around them. Yeah. So <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, and so there's great action sequences and fun, but other than that, I mean, as a director, like, you know, ah, look just, at that. I mean, some of the scenes for like character development and all that stuff are, are pretty rough in day shift. Like, okay, some cool. of the acting is pretty rough. Are we going like, to do spoilers or no? Yeah, I mean, no, we're just doing kind of quick things. We're trying mm -hmm. to get people to see these things. Okay, so we won't talk about a thing but, uh, that we have some contention about. However, next week, I want, to, Perry I want us to circle back to that so we can talk about stuff revolving around Snoop Dogg. So there is stuff that happens and we want to talk about it. So we will say that for next week. However, this was when we first saw this trailer, we went, oh, cool. Mm -hmm. Vampire Hunters, Jamie Foxx, Snoop Dogg, crazy action things. Cool. I'm in. Yeah. By the way, this guy, the reason why this film exists is because he used to work on things like Mortal Kombat, the first movie, Batman and Robin, Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Scorpion King, you know, the town and other stuff. So he's so done stuff in like I all. Yeah. all stuff. So. And when I watched it, I went, oh, all of the things I wanted are in this movie <laughs> from beginning to end. I love the snot out of this movie. I thought it was so fun. Like it was like the last thing I watched on a, on a particular day. Like it yeah. was kind of, the, I ended my day with this and I probably shouldn't because I was like super hyped for like the next hour. My wife hates that we get these assignments, by the way, because I watch them at the weirdest <laughs> times. So like, I'm just like hyped at like nine o'clock at night and she's like, oh my God, chill. And I was just like, oh my God, I gotta go get like, I gotta go get some vampire hunting gear and I need some some Snoop stuff. And I was amazing. in the office Wednesday watching it and I, I, I'll be honest, I did carry it with me when I was going places because I was into it. So it's not that I didn't enjoy it. I just thought look as a movie. Look at this. There's room for improvement <laughs> for this director. screaming, guys. Yeah. <laughs> look at this. It's amazing. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, there's a lot of fun to be had. And there are some cool things. And Jamie Foxx's Vampire Hunter character has some pretty cool signatures. But it did remind me of the vampire, the movie Vampires, which has a dollar sign for the S, which is a movie that's still on Netflix yes. with, with uh, James, uh, what's his name? The crazy one. Uh, James Woods. And it's like this B-movie thing about these guys to get an ambush for vampire hunters. That's crazy um, But uh, yeah, this was still, I mean, this was a lot of fun. And Dave Franco was kind of funny in this and like, yeah, I think it's really cool to trade with the, the teeth, like the teeth trade is yes. really cool. It's a, yeah, there's it's a whole a really John nice Wick mythology concept. to this. Yeah. Also that car chase um, yeah, was really fun. Yeah, is great. I'm a huge vampire All right, so this is quick shot stuff. content. So our recommendation watch this is movie. watch this movie. So we can talk about it again. Because I, I think we all said one thing we can agree on is the soundtrack is pretty, it slaps pretty hard. It's like, yeah. 90s to modern West Coast rap and it slaps really hard. So amazing. Yeah. Definitely. So uh, yeah, sorry for you got to do that. All right. <laughs> Here we go. The next I'm one. So I'm so sorry. Next one is just for uh, me and Janelle over here. Yeah. We're talking Secret Headquarters, which is the other thing I put my intern on to this week, uh, who is my four year old son, whose school's closed. <laughs> Yo, school's closed for two weeks. <laughs> so we had to do something. So yeah. he was my intern. He fell asleep on this movie, but don't take that. He had been worn out and we were happy he finally took a nap. Oh my gosh. Don't, don't take that as a sign. He was really into it. I'm sure he's finishing it as I speak. But um, it's a lot of the kids from The Good Boys. If you haven't seen that movie, which is a, which is a good, it's a funny movie. Um, two of the main characters for that are in this. And it's a, kind of a superhero story. And it, from what I saw from the first third, it was, uh, it was pretty cute. Yeah, pretty I nice. Love Owen Had some pretty good effects in, from Jerry Bruckheimer, who's like Mr. Super Producer himself. So uh, yeah, I'm gonna be. I'll be doing this over the weekend with uh, with with my kid. Um, yeah, it's super cute. Uh, it's you know obviously it's a kids movie, so you know take that for what it is. Don't go in going I'm gonna watch like Winter Soldier right now. <laughs> like this is uh, it's just a really cute superhero movie. I think it does a really great job of keeping you interested. It's alien technology, which is really interesting because it has that little side. Um, and it's just fun. I think it's I think it's something cute to put on, especially if you just want something on in the background after you watch She-Hulk. All right, there you go. <laughs> Real quick before Ooh. we move on to the next thing, would like to wish CJ a happy heading out to college day. Woo! Good. Oh, yeah, yeah. Happy college! Happy college. Wish you a happy one, buddy. Man, I'm jealous. Be free, <laughs> but no, do not be too free. 
Stay oh, in the pen, oh, little God. college freshman. <laughs> Take care. Take care. Enjoy it. All right, we can move on. <laughs> oh, I love this next no, one. No, it's just Keith L. Williams. I'm sorry. Just one person from the Good Boys movie. I thought it was Jacob Tremblay, but it's not. It's Walker Scobell uh, from The Adam Project. It's the kid from The Adam Project who's in this. All right. Cool. You're not Jacob Tremblay. No. Nope. Sorry. But All this right, next on. one's great. Uh, Dude, me and Janelle continue stop. as Westworld season four. <sighs> the finale aired this week, and uh, I didn't like the finale per se. <sighs> there were a lot of good parts to it, but I thought it was weaker than the penultimate episode, which is the second to last. But I did like where it left the season or left the show. Um, it hasn't been renewed yet. Not officially, which I, was I thought. I going to ask you. That, okay. Which I thought by the way it ended. But they, I mean, I've never seen a show go so bold as to say, we want that last season. I mean, um, it has as to. This. If and, they didn't yeah. give us a next season, it would be really messed up. I mean, and they set it up for the budget. No spoilers, but they set it up so the budget can handle it and all that. Yeah. And you can do it nice and compact. Do a kind of whole full circle thing. And so, yeah, I, I'm down. But Westworld, this was a comeback season. Like, mm -hmm. for sure, for me. Agreed. Season three was way yep. down there and kind of weak. And yeah. Like trying to do the futuristic stuff. I was like, eh, this is not the show I wanted. Mm -mm. And this show really did. And they even pulled out twists in the finale to keep playing with time and place and who's where and what's happening when and all of that. And so this was a comeback for me. Absolutely. How yeah. So good. This season just in general. Oh my gosh. It's so good. It brought me back. And uh, like, I'm not spoiling, but it is interesting to see what characters are moving forward into the next season if we get it. Connecting things and together. And which ones aren't. <laughs> you know the that the girl who played Aurora Periano, who plays Aaron Paul's daughter in this season, is the daughter of a uh, dude from uh, Lost, Michael. Oh. Harold Perrineau, who was in Oz and uh, in The Matrix and oh Lost. Oh my gosh. Yeah, that's his daughter. Wow, that's cool. Yeah, so they're getting that family money. It's, Good for them. Yeah, I love that. <laughs> All right. Cool. Uh, moving right along. So, uh, yeah, we got to say check out Westworld. If you fell Do off Westworld, our, our recommendation is it's on HBO Max. Get back into Get it. Get back. If you, if you don't want to slog through season three, watch a recap. They'll break it down for you, but you should definitely watch season four. Yes. All right. Um, I also sat here in the office because I got to start working on comic book on Friday mornings, and I... Just checked out Paramount Plus, the always excellent streaming service where we stream Comic Book Nation. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they also, instead of, not in addition to Secret Headquarters, which is on Paramount Plus as well, we they also have today the release of <gasps> Orphan First Kill. I actually want to watch this. Yeah, buddy. Orphan, 2009 kind of uh, twist horror movie with, uh, what's her name, Isabel Furman? Amazing I think. twist. Yeah. Um, a young actress who's uh, pretty much amazing in everything she, she does is is back for this kind of prequel story to Orphan. And I mean, it's definitely kind of like, almost like, and I don't want to say this in a bad way, but like one of those home release prequels you get to horror movies, you know what I mean? But it's on streaming, so it's definitely made for like a streaming budget and it's done well. And, uh, and it's interesting because uh, there are some pretty intense things in this movie and sequences and believe it or not, there's still a great twist really? to it in the middle. Yeah, they find a way. And talking Ooh. about good prequels, but I didn't think so. Isabel Furman, yeah. So I was, she was in the Hunger Games and all that other stuff. Um, but yeah, I was like, okay, well, we all, I was like, because that was my question. Right. Like, Orphan kind of works on the twist and you not knowing it. Right. So how do you do a prequel? But boy, they find a prequel. Really? Wow. Oh, you've, made, you've enticed me. Okay. And there's a scene where it turns and you're like, wait, what? <laughs> like, oh. Oh, and man. So, yeah. And it stars, um, uh, Julia Stiles and some other people, but it's good to see Julia oh, Stiles yeah, back. Yeah, yeah. That's so, awesome. Yeah, she's awesome. Okay, so. I didn't think, because that was my question, was it was such a killer twist. <laughs> this is such a killer <laughs> twist. Um, how do you, why do I need a, yes, it would be interesting to see how she got to that point, yes. But like, what is really going to surprise me about it? Oh, there's I a surprise. Am, I am intrigued. This is there's awesome. A surprise. So if you're looking for something horror, Orphan, First Kill, Paramount Plus. And uh, these are just shout outs now. This is all the stuff okay. we watched. These last two are just shout outs. Um, Sandman has bonus episodes. We were going ham for <sighs> Sandman like a week ago. There's bonus episodes. I've seen the first part because it's only, there's when, a 15 minute one and like a 30 minute one. Do, when do they drop? Are they, they drop out today. now? Oh my gosh, they, they dropped drop today. Like a Beyonce album, yeah. <gasps> Neil Gaiman was like, sprinkle oh, some of this. let's go. Sandman. Um, yeah, and it's called uh, Dream of a Thousand Cats, which is this beautiful haunt like so if you're a cat fearing person this is not for you but it's a beautiful hand kind of like almost oil painted animated sequence wow. about a cat who kind of meets with dream uh about some business cool and oh man yeah and uh the other one is called 
Calliope, I don't, Calliope, Calliope, I think is how you pronounce it, the Greek name. Um, and it's kind of another story about one of the other, like a, a, a muse. Gotcha. Like, from the uh, other side, and so I'm just starting that one, but those two episodes are now out on Netflix. So if you've been loving Sandman, they gave us more. Yes. And the cat's one, like I said, will haunt your dreams. Ooh. Even if you're a cat lover, you're gonna start looking at your cat a different way after that episode. <laughs> um, yeah, it's intense. Oh, and man, I am excited. About we're gonna be doing more uh, anime manga coverage on this show, so get ready for that because it's gone mainstream, guys. Anime is mainstream as hell now, so I've been holding back, keeping my mouth shut, because I love me some anime. But I'm going to start forcing these two. And uh, I think we're going to start with Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Oh, deep end of the pool. <laughs> which is now out in theaters. But it's also been called a great jumping on point for new Dragon Ball Okay, fans. okay, okay. Uh, yeah, Summer of Gohan, baby. So yeah, Dragon Ball Super Superhero is now out in U.S. theaters. And it's expected to do uh, good business this opening weekend. So I think I'm going to try to get these two and force them to go see that. And so we can talk about it here with you guys. Start breaking into some I'm of this I'm actually very anime. excited about this, by the way. And uh, yeah, new chapter of Dragon Ball Super is out right now. And it's we're hyped in the comic book office because it is a serious game changer. It's ending one arc, setting up the next arc. And uh, yeah, another milestone. Big transformation for the Dragon Ball series. If you know, you know. So be sure to check that out on comic book anime. Now, let's get to comics. Ba -ba -bow. Let's and get finish out comics. the show with some comics talk. All right, so uh, we're going to start with some really fun comics this week. Mm -hmm. uh, we're going to start with Batman the Night. Oh, yeah. Number eight. Oh, we're coming, we're, we're coming to the end of this, <laughs> and it makes me sad. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> because I love the series so much, uh, but we're dealing with Batman the Night. And also, this ties together... Some and by the way, spoilers incoming for these next three books because I can't really talk about them without yeah, talking about spoilers. Um, so we really, of course, there's been this growing thing uh, since about two issues ago with Anton and this kind of split and their friendship and him kind of going a different way and and all these things. And, and Bruce keeps training with these various masters and you see, you know, it's like Anton's around or at least that's kind of the hint it gives. Mm -hmm. But then we find it. We asked at the very beginning, I think it was like a couple issues in, we asked about. Well, who is Anton? Like, who, who is this guy? And here you, like, really get, like, full-on confirmation that Anton is Ghostmaker. That Anton <laughs> yeah. is Ghostmaker. And it's like, oh, my God. Yes, yes, yes. Awesome. So excited. Oh, makes me so, so that's my question. Was this Ghostmaker? Look, that is the impression it gives. Yeah, the yeah. mask, right? The mask. And also in that other city, they show him. Yeah, standing, go, yeah, standing up there as ghost. So I, that is what I assume. Is this our official Ghostmaker origin? I think, I think this so. is. Now, I could be wrong about that, but that is the impression it gives. So, because I was kind of confused for a minute because when, when Bruce is in the city, and it, it's Metropolis, and they show him in the city, and Ghostmaker is standing up on the thing in full costume. Yeah. I was like, okay, well, they could be, maybe this is one of the places he went, yeah. and like Anton was still kind of hovering, hovering around. around yeah. But then when they're in the car... At the very wearing end, mask, yeah. and he's wearing a mask that like looks very much like that. I'm like, okay, this, I don't mm -hmm. know how you get around that. So I think that's what that is. But even yeah. just taking that out, outside of it, this whole, every single master that he seeks out brings something really just interesting to the table. This is all about the mind getting like essentially being able to control your own, not just emotions, but like control the serotonin like that's running to your brain. Like this guy can do all kinds of really crazy things. And then he also can screw with Bruce in a way that others can't. And there's some really, I got really uh, freaked out for a minute. Like there's a reveal kind of later on. I'm like, oh my God, did that happen? And, and you don't know whether it's playing with his mind or whether it's real. It's a bunch of great stuff. But yeah, the end, having those two come together and then we're heading into this final thing with Roz as the last kind of piece to this puzzle. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was amazing. I mean, I started Love looking it. at this and Chip Zdarsky just doing his own interpretation of like Batman's training years, which something we've all said like that would be cool to know mm -hmm. more about. But now it's looking like, yeah, this is a major kind of puzzle realigning. And it also is interesting because Anton was a classic Batman character. Like there, there was the, ca the character name. Yeah. Yeah. And there was like this vague history about him becoming a villain and all that. And so if you spin that into Ghostmaker, that's kind of. That's good cleanup right there and tying this into an official kind of right. like canonized history of what Bruce did to become Batman and tying it all together. And not with messing with anything history. that James yeah. did when he was initially revealing his stuff mm -hmm. in the past. It doesn't it doesn't like no <laughs> affect that in any way. It just builds on it. So I think it's really no, good. but that's cool. And uh, it, it's interesting and it makes me even more interested now in like Batman and Ghostmaker's kind of dynamic together, which mm -hmm. has always been kind of. 
like weirdly kind of like a friend kind of like an enemy kind of yeah. like a lover who kind of like a little weird <laughs> yeah um so yeah it's gonna be interesting and it makes Ghostmaker, at least one of those batman characters i feel like is gonna now stick around and and be lasting and be tied to the lore which i'm all about mm -hmm. yeah so i love that character yeah me too <laughs> he's grown on me. yeah that. this is just such a good series like i've been burned out on batman yeah. you guys know this and this has like resurrected my love for Batman and all things Batman. And it's good because I'm definitely burned out on Joker. So I'm glad that I like Batman. <laughs> this would be, Kofi has said this so many times, a show, like a TV show out of this would just be like phenomenal. And like this, this story is so good. Like if you don't read comic books, you should definitely read this one. Agreed. It's yeah. gonna be one hell of a trade, man. And like, there's mm -hmm. no Batman in it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's nuts that like, that's like the Batman. formative idea, but like, He's not Batman yet. No, yep. it's you a know, Bruce Wayne story. It's, and it's, it's awesome. And it's exciting as any Bruce Wayne story I was reading. And again, I've been eating crow a lot. I ate crow on Stranger <laughs> Things real hard on Stranger <laughs> Things. Oh, that's right, because that yeah. first issue, you weren't hyped on this. No, I said yeah. this was kind of like the most boring Batman story I'd had. <laughs> first issue. Oh, and then ever since then, I've been like, <laughs> oh, right. yeah, not a lot of things aging well. DC's going to do better in 2022. Stranger Things has lost it. Oh, okay. no. Batman, the well, night is just a okay. kind of throw On the DC thing. one, you're not alone, okay? You're yeah. out in that, we're, we're all out in that tree with you, okay? Uh, <laughs> yeah, yep, Especially yep. me, all right? Yeah. I'm very much out there. Yeah, staying away from casinos till 2020. <laughs> yep. But yeah, like but that. this has been stellar, and, and like Janelle said, it, whether you are a fan of Batman or comics, or even if you're not, like if you're just a fan of broad things, read this because I think you will find a lot yeah. to really enjoy and maybe get you onto the bat. Cause they're, to be fair, like Janelle's like, I'm burning on Batman. The reason why is cause there's like 90 Batman things that come mm -hmm. out every month it feels like. And so, and the crossovers and the events, like he is everywhere, movies, TVs, whatever. But it's uh, amazing what they still can do with the character. Damon Gray says, yeah. uh, it's, it's amazing what Chip is, done, is doing <laughs> out in the middle of the Canadian woods. Yes, it is. And uh, at least I openly eat my crow. Yeah, yeah, I'm not. Hey man, I'm not like some of these other pundits that like tweet things and then delete those tweets because they know people don't like them. You know who you are, uh, speaking this week. But um, yeah. Oh, the spice. <laughs> oh yeah, 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 yeah. But no, there was, a big, there was a big controversy about somebody who did a review of a popular international movie and then deleted <coughs> that tweet because people came for him when he was just like, oh, I didn't even watch it, I didn't like it, I barely got into it. Oh yeah, that's my not me. Gosh. Uh, I'll tell you when I'm wrong, and I'll sit there on Twitter and everywhere else, and I'll and I'll just eat that crow. That's protein. You know? <laughs> that's protein. Uh, you know that reference? Oh uh, my go. god! Well, let's stick with comics. Well, let's move into the next one. Uh, speaking of, as we hinted earlier, Miss Marvel and Moon Knight. Uh, this is the continuation of the Miss Marvel kind of team up thing, and the first one was with the X Men, obviously, and we really enjoyed that mm -hmm. as a group, and it was really fun. And again, this is this is just a hint of things to come. There's so much like. This whole series now reads like a big MCU primer. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's you're just seeing thing, them lining up and go, how can we play with this when we finally get them like on screen together, right? Let's test it out. Let's and this is so fun because just the sheer level of <laughs> there's there's like this level of uh anxiety that Kamala has when like even approaching the midnight mission. Like I've heard this guy has a rep. Like she hasn't she hasn't mm -hmm. met with him before. And of course she meets Mr. Knight first, and there's that fun with like I just love the reveal of like, oh my God, they're vampires. Like that made me, that made me laugh because it's a very, like feels like a very Kamala line and Reese is just laughing. And I feel like if you read both of these, like if you're reading Kamala or watch the show and then you're also reading the recent Moon Knight run, which we've loved, you get a lot even more out of this book because they're just back and forth and it's playing with all those fun ideas. It's a, it's a very traditional team up story, but it's very Moon Knight led. So she's like, she keeps asking him if like he needs help and like those fun moments. He's like, of course not, you got this. And he's like brutalizing, yeah. <laughs> brutalizing these people. Uh, and it's just, it's so fun to see them play in the, in the sandbox. So yeah, I've, I've loved this and I think we're gonna love it as it continues because there's more to come. Kamala learning about like, yeah, Moon Knight's whole side of the universe, like they're vampires? Yeah. <laughs> and like so Reese is sitting there cracking up behind the counter. Like, <laughs> oh my God. And like Hunter's Moon, you yeah, know, like Hunter's that moon, whole, like that whole thing. Like, and she keeps she's asking like, questions. Yeah. Like, is the, if the moon's bright, does that, like, affect yeah. you? Do you yeah. get, like, stronger? <laughs> but I love that because for people who don't understand or know the character, they're kind of asking those questions, too, you no, know? this is a good team-up. Like, this is a good team-up for juxtaposition because, like like we said, the joy of Miss Marvel is she is kind of this, like, she's a Marvel hero, but she's also almost stands outside of it being, like, she loves to yeah. observe the rest of the Marvel universe. Yeah. She's not just, like, gung-ho into her own bubble. And so, like, yeah, her whole thing, the joy of this whole issue is just, her anxiety at having to try to hang with Moon Knight 
and knowing like she's completely different than Moon Knight <laughs> and just seeing like how he operates and then all her kind of like awkward adjustments like oh like yeah oh no you clearly got this <laughs> but still being helpful being like able to spot things like right. you know this building's dark and that and that and like he's like oh good job all right <laughs> and Mark Specht is funny in this too just, you like, know there's a, a line for you like you know there's a, an extra level of something to a character when this person just met Wolverine and has known Wolverine <laughs> and she's still she's like still coming in. Moon Knight. <laughs> I'm like wow she's like scared of Moon Knight yeah. over Wolverine I, I loved I, I liked this one even more than the oh, X-Men I did one. like this one more than the X-Men um, too. Just because it was more personal. It was like one-on-one. Mm. -on -one. Yeah. And, well, I guess there's three. But, uh, yeah, d this was great. This is really fun. And, again, another one of those, like, if you love the shows, any yeah. of these shows or any of these characters, you can read these books and you'll love yeah, them. Yeah, this is a good, like, yeah, this series is, they're doing good synergy jumping mm -hmm. on for this. Well, because it doesn't abandon the, like, if you're reading the comics, it doesn't, like, abandon everything just to be like, oh, let's get show people. Yeah. It doesn't do that. It embraces what makes the comics good, which we've been keeping up with. And then it also embraces the fun and things we've learned about them from the MCU. It's a perfect, like really, if you're if you're doing a, a Bible for future crossover Project, things yeah. and tie-ins, this is this series is the one so far that has nailed it. And we get uh, Venom next week. And we get Venom, yeah, which I am I super curious to yeah, see how too. they approach that. Yeah. Um, you know, are we gonna get any Ed Hardy Venomisms? Like, are we gonna get some of that in here? Very curious to see. Um, and finally, uh, and by the way, props to, to Kofi for picking the uh, Captain Marvel 40 image that we're about to put up here, because we're gonna be talking Captain Marvel 40, but you picked the Predator variant version oh, yeah. of this cover. Just so I can hype how much Predator I've rewatched in the last week. I've watched Predator, Predator 2, AVP, uh, Predators, and The Predator. I'm not seeing any VR. I'm not ever watching that great. again. But like props, because I was I pulled it That's up and was great. like, oh, nicely done. Oh, yeah. uh, and these covers rock, by the way. The Predator oh, yeah. covers are awesome. Mm -hmm. Uh, and then over on the DC side, actually, there's a whole 90s variant cover thing for all the all the DC Ooh, books that are coming. That's it's cool. like right up my alley. Uh, so this one is actually not the um, formal conclusion, but the kind of pentultimate of this arc. Uh, and we've been dealing, of course, with this kind of trial of, of not even just this magic council, but really a trial of like who Carol is as a hero and like what her go-tos are and if that's great for a hero and things like that. And this one to me really... There's like a lot that happens in this issue. I felt like the last issue, maybe they kind of slowed it yeah, down. Yeah, they did. And then this one, they were like, no, 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 we gotta, <laughs> we gotta speed things up. Yeah. Because a lot happens here. But, uh, but I, but I really enjoyed this. Again, I like all the tribunal, Scarlet Witch, mm -hmm. Enchantress, you know, uh, all that Agatha Harkness stuff. That's really fun back and forth. And then also we really see what the core issue is, which is examining why, like, if Carol looks at a problem. Do I have to solve it by a punch, killing it, fighting it? Like, what, or what are my other options? Because she is kind of a very, like, get things done. Let's just do it in the most efficient way possible. Mm -hmm. And so I like the examination of that. And that's something that has been brought up as a criticism at times of just the character, whether it's the MCU or, or the comics. And so I like that. We're, we're looking at that. What do you think? I didn't read this. He, did, he didn't oh, read, you this didn't read it. Wow. Oh my I gosh. A lot okay. of other stuff. Yeah. yeah. I well, this is great. I'm so glad you brought me along on this one because I, this has been like a bonus that I keep reading, and I'm so glad I have um, the tribunal. It's more wordy. This one's a little yeah, bit more wordy, but I wasn't mad about that. Yeah. I, I actually really love it. Scarlet Witch is so cool in this. I just love her because she really is fighting for her girl. Yeah. And I, I appreciate like the friendship, the bond that they have and seeing this different side of Captain Marvel and seeing her kind of like grappling with like what to do. It is very nice. Cause you said like, she just kind of makes a decision and like goes with it. And she's, I, I don't know. I, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but kind of harsh. Right. Like she's kind of harsh. And now I feel her like, she's kind of being like more heartwarming and um, relatable. And I like that. So yeah, it's very much that, you know, kind of air force, kind of that military approach oh, sometimes yeah. for her as the mm -hmm. like, Hey, we're just going to, this is the easiest way, the quickest way, the most efficient way without like lost life and things like that, right? But yeah, it can kind of come across cold. So and, yes. and Civil War too. And yep. so, yeah, you know, yeah. don't get me started on that trashy. <laughs> Civil War II is trash. <laughs> the first Civil War I adore. It's one of my favorite events of all time. Yep. Second Civil War, not so much. But yeah, I, I really love this. So I'm very intrigued to see how, how it wraps up, especially with kind of how it ends. Yeah. Because like, did we abandon the, is the tribunal stuff just done? Yeah. 
I don't think it is. Okay, it kind of if it is, it kind of ends abruptly. So yeah, I hope we tie it in a bow. Um, yeah. But uh, one comment, this. Matt, for you is somebody in the comments said, "I would like." Oh, Damon Gray. Uh, this makes me want to Kelly Thompson to write a Scarlet Witch slash magic series. Look, I uh, recently I, there was a, a fun thing of like nominating like creative teams for like your like for four of the main books, which was like X Men. Uh, Avengers uh, and, and things like that. I want a Kelly Thompson Avengers run. Well, number one, her West Coast stuff was great, but like Black Widow, fantastic. Uh, <laughs> Captain Marvel, fantastic. She she runs with characters and can really in, in explore different aspects of them. So I think a Scarlet Witch in her hands would be amazing because like Janelle said, she's she's really, there's a fun and like something I didn't think the Trial of Magneto captured at all there's this fun and really endearing vibe to her that gets lost a lot of times because people focus on the powers and not like the person so i think kelly thompson could absolutely uh kill that also yeah it is surreal looking at captain marvel literally burning her her arms oh <laughs> my gosh that was very intense <laughs> that, is, that is wow like yeah. flesh dripping from her arms and bones yeah somebody said goopy captain marvel and i did not know what that yeah, meant and i didn't touch it was it. really I was intense like, Could be a lot of things. it was intense yeah, it was but intense. really cool but really cool yeah <laughs> yeah so that's comics all right, like I said, also on the manga front, new chapters of Dragon Ball Super and Boruto are both out, and they are both game changers with some big villain reveals. So check that out on the comic book anime side, and comic book comics is always popping, so check that out as well. This is Comic Book Nation, your only show that covers things, all things geek culture and the official podcast of comicbook.com. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw. These are my co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler and Matt Aguilar. You can always find us at the so on the socials like the Twitters. Uh, our handles are on the screen, but if you're just listening, I'm at Kofi Outlaw. I'm at Matt Aguilar CB. And I am at Janelle Wheeler. And that'll do it for this episode. We want to say, please do go to Comic Book Nation YouTube, where you can subscribe and find. We're dropping original videos. We're going to be having us. There's going to be a lot of videos of us going off about things in the future and kind of like, yeah. We're going to be firing hot. That's where we're going to put all those hot takes out there. I don't know what you're the, talking about. I'm very quiet. Yeah, we'll see. I'm you already got a bad girl note. video. Out there. Just already going off about the Flash movie note. and stuff. Check out Matt going on about how we still have a Flash movie. And Batgirl can't exist. I just did a whole breakdown of every MCU Phase 5 project. And we got more fun things on the way. So uh, subscribe to Comic Book Nation YouTube. Uh, subscribe to us on your favorite podcast platforms as well. And check us out here. Every Friday, I know there's been some podcast shifts lately in our kind of our little comic book podcast league, but uh, we're going to be staying on Fridays to catch, I mean, She-Hawk, when Andor comes out, the new movies that come out, all that stuff. So we'll be here on Fridays. That'll do it. This is Comic Book Nation, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Hi, guys. Deuces.